0: For a couple segments is Bill Barr, former U.S. Attorney General under President Trump and under President George H.W. Bush, author of the New York Times bestseller One Damn Thing After Another, which is fantastic. We discussed your book for an hour a couple (laughs) weeks ago on the show. It's great to see you again. Great
1: to see you, Guy.
0: There is so much to get to today, and I guess we'll start with perhaps the biggest news of the day, which is this assassination attempt or plot against Justice Kavanaugh. Thank God it was unsuccessful. The report from the police locally is that this person flew from California, took a taxi to the house. He got the address from on the Internet. It's been published there by left-wing groups. He had dark clothing. He had an arsenal with him, including a gun, a tactical knife, ammunition, zip ties, pepper spray, materials to break into a house. Then he saw the armed U.S. Marshals and decided that he wasn't going to go through with it, turned himself in. Number one, obviously, this is very disturbing. Number two, you can maybe talk about some of the rhetoric and tactics in recent months and years involving the Supreme Court, regarding the Supreme Court. And certainly if the shoe were on the other foot, we'd be having a frenetic national conversation about civility and rhetoric. I just wonder how you view these developments today. Well, I think for
1: many years, uh, the left has shifted From engaging in policy debates and discussions of uh, in public discourse into the uh, demonization of individuals and the delit legitimizing the courts. It's a hard one. Yeah, and uh, uh, so this sort of follows from that inexorably. You know, the the uh, attacks on individuals. Uh, the, uh, you know, we've seen that again and again. You know, remember back when they would confront Trump cabinet secretaries in restaurants that drive them out and... Or at their houses, yeah. right? Yeah. This is
0: this is a tactic increasing sure. on the left. People's right. houses.
1: Right. Going after the people and... and uh, uh, not just on the line, uh, online, but but in the flesh. So this follows from uh, this kind of danger follows from that inexorably. So I'm not surprised to see this kind of thing, uh, but I also feel that uh, this administration essentially took a soft stand right at the beginning when they should have taken a tough stand.
0: They on wouldn't these- condemn the doxing of the justices. Right.
1: They wouldn't condemn it. Right. And they and they would not enforce the federal law. Which is that you cannot demonstrate in front of the, the home of a the, the home of a, a judge in order to influence them in a case. That's crystal clear. It's a federal law. It should have been enforced, and they have ignored that. And so uh, I think by mollycoddling this at the beginning and talking about, oh well, you know, we 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 favored demonstrations and peaceful protest. Well, you know, protest is always subject to time, place, and manner restrictions. Uh, so uh, a law that says you can't do it in front of a judge's house is perfectly legitimate and consistent with the First Amendment so I thought they've sort of handled this softly and maybe this will give them uh, you know something to think about
0: the Senate passed a bill that would provide more security to justices and their <clears throat> families it's just gone nowhere in the house controlled by Pelosi right. I, I wonder might we get a second look at that given what just happened today
1: I hope so and and, you know I uh, the Attorney General did increase the protection, and the Attorney General has broad authority to uh, provide what's necessary, which is good. I'm glad yeah. he did that, yeah uh, and and but I think they should do everything uh, they can to protect all the justices, speaking of the
0: Attorney General, your successor, Merrick garland, his ad- administration, his department, is now investigating the response of law enforcement in Uvalde, Texas. I mean, the more we learn, it seems the worse it gets in terms of decisions made by adults for long periods of time with a lot of information and people are demanding answers. It doesn't seem like we've gotten good or straight answers at the local level. Seems like the state level folks got bad information and then repeated it. Do you think it is appropriate for the federal government to take over the investigation and to tell the American people what actually happened?
1: Uh, You know, I don't know enough about the the particular circumstances to be too uh, definitive on this, but I do think it's critical that we get the facts, the basic facts, so we can learn learn from them and not have this kind of thing uh, happen again and understand what exactly the thinking was uh, in the mind of the uh, official who held everyone back. and if the state is not getting to that adequately, then I have no problem with the, the the department trying to get to the facts.
0: On another subject, just a few days ago, Michael Sussman, the Democratic lawyer who was on trial for lying to the FBI, <clears throat> was acquitted by a D.C. jury, and some people were pointing to how left-wing the jury was, multiple Hillary Clinton donors on that jury when there was some bad information that emerged from that trial about Hillary Clinton herself. There's also apparently some bungling from the FBI where they were not really fully forthcoming, and so that helped muddy the waters, uh, and, and that helped Sussman perhaps get off. I saw a lot of people on the left saying, aha, here's Durham after all this time he finally has a trial, and he can't even get a basic layup conviction on lying to the FBI. What's the point of this whole investigation? It's just a some sort of I guess, you know, partisan witch hunt, and this proves it. Number one, what's your reaction to that? And number two, I know you were on another show, I think on Fox recently, where you said, well, they didn't get the conviction here, but they did something more important, which was revealed the degree of the dirty tricks and the chicanery, the dishonesty of the Clinton campaign. And a lot of your critics then popped back up and said, see, this was always about politics. It wasn't about rule of law. It was about making the Clintons look bad, making the Democrats look bad. That yeah. would that would suggest that John Durham would be in on it and you no, know, I mean, it, he's a you hack know, or
1: something. <clears throat> it, well, it shows you who the hacks are. Uh, I said from the beginning, uh, very simply, that the the mission is to get the facts of what happened. How did this false narrative of collusion get started? And why well, was the F- FBI apparently so, I would say, over-eager to jump on board and pursue this when they knew that it was a campaign, coming from a campaign? And... Uh, That's what we have to get to the bottom of, and that's why I directed him to do a report. And as I've said, in the course of that, if there are criminal cases to be brought, I have total confidence that Durham will bring those cases. But um, it's very hard to win these kinds of cases that have, uh, you know, the touch on the political process in D.C. It is the most democratic uh enclave in the United States. And more than that, uh, you know, we did surveys of juries when I was there, you know, when when cases were presented, and, you know, the offices would have a fairly good view of the, the views of jury pools and and people in DC there's they hate Trump. They hate him. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So just uh, that. now uh <clears throat> fortunately in Durham we have a uh a prosecutor who even though he knows the jury will be tough if he believes that that the case is a righteous case he will try his best to deliver and you know there are a lot of people who have worked very hard on this uh, and in, in an environment in the Department of Justice that doesn't favor people who are taking on this assignment you know if you go head hunting after a president a Republican president You know it's great, Mm -hmm. but if you are uh, working for Durham, you know you don't get the accolades from your colleagues and supervisors and so forth. And yet they've tenaciously pursued it. I I I expect the hackery from from the left, but what I really am disgusted by are conservatives who you know get huffy about the fact that Durham lost the case, wasn't able to get the conviction, and you know, people are trying hard to deliver accountability in a system Mm -hmm. that is stacked against them.
0: Mm -hmm. And as you pointed out, some of this is also just getting to truths. And we Mm -hmm. learned some important ones over the course of that trial. And it'd be one thing uh, on the left. They they hate you over there. They've been deranged about you ever since the Mueller Mueller report. Right. (laughs) Just total derangement. So they're going to come out and be mad at you no matter what. Henchmen for Trump and all that. Right. It's ludicrous. If you read the book, it's ludicrous in particular, (laughs) one damn thing after another. But that's their view. They're never going to let it go. What annoys me is if they are in this conspiracy theory that it was not about the rule of law and it's just about scoring points against Democrats, they might believe that about you, that you're a partisan hack. I don't agree with that, but whatever. They can think what they want to think. They're also accusing Durham of that under this theory. Durham, his integrity has been endorsed by both Democratic senators from Connecticut, which is where he's from. He's known to have this sterling reputation, and they're willing to just throw that in the mud just to make a political point while calling you and him a political hack.
1: And and previously he had been called on by Democratic attorneys general for special assignments like this. So you're right. You know, it's just ridiculous.
0: My guest is Bill Barr, former U.S. Attorney General under two Republican presidents. His best-selling book is One Damn Thing After Another. A few more topics to get to, including what happened last night in San Francisco to a prosecutor, no longer, and the the crime wave that I think really influenced that decision by voters out in that city. I want to get to crime in San Francisco and the recall last night of the D.A. out there. But first, in the break, you made one more point about this Durham matter that I think is important, and I want you to share it with the audience, too.
1: Right. I mean, I, I, you know, people have to think, what would the reaction be if the shoe was on the other foot and we had a Republican incumbent administration and the Republican candidate uh, for the presidency putting out this kind of false story about their opponent, planting it with the FBI, and then have the FBI stumble all over themselves in pursuing it keeping the truth from their line agents, not even telling their line agents what the source of the information is. Their own people. Their own people. And uh, also ignoring the fact that the pro- pro- principal source of this information was had been a suspected Russian spy. So, you know. Seems relevant. Yeah. Raises serious questions about. Collusion not- almost. Yeah not only the not only Hillary Clinton's campaign but also the FBI in this and I can't imagine civil libertarians in other circumstances not wanting to get to the truth it's important we do meanwhile as
0: teased let's talk about San Francisco last night Cheza Boudin the I call him the pro-criminal prosecutor that was elected by the people of San Francisco they got exactly what they wanted nice and hard and then decided enough he walked in with a few supporters to the rally, his election night party last night, that turned out to be a very sort of sad event with lots of long faces. Uh, they walked in weirdly kind of chanting his name after he <laughs> lost and got blown out. Cut 41. Chase up! Chase up! Chase up! Chase up! Chase up! Chase up! Chase up!
1: Chase up! Chase up, Chase
0: up. Well, if that doesn't inspire you. I don't know what will. (laughs) So they come rolling in. He looks a little shell shocked. And then he gave his explanation for what happened. His 20 point loss in San Francisco cut 40.
1: I want to be very clear about what happened tonight. The right wing billionaires outspent us three to one. They exploited an environment in which people are appropriately upset.
0: It's those right-wing billionaires that run San Francisco, Mr. Attorney General. But the one thing that he did say that seemed at least somewhat tethered to reality was people are rightfully upset, obviously, because they've thrown three school board members off the school board in recalls. They've thrown their own DA out on his ear by 20 points. And the reason is, look around the city of San Francisco. Of course, people are upset.
1: Right. As... as, as Anyone with any common sense would have understood. So, you know, when I was made AG again, my first speech was to the Fraternal Order of Police, and I said, look, these Soros-backed social justice DAs that were getting elected at that point uh, are going to destroy their jurisdictions, they are going to be overrun by crime, and people, local people, have to come to their senses and pay attention to who, who they're entrusting with their safety.
0: And by the way, you just invoked the name... Of a left-wing billionaire whose right. network has benefited Boudin, right. but he's he's mad about the other billionaires. Yeah, I guess.
1: Let's make no mistake how these people came into power. By the way, they were you can't you know they weren't really elected to power uh, to to office in in the in the principal election. What happened was Soros would find jurisdictions where the democratic primary determined who the ultimate winner would be because it's a one-party type jurisdiction. And so with just a few hundred votes or a few thousand votes, they can go in uh, with a few million dollars from Soros, win the primary as the Democratic nominee. Then they're in. And then they're in. On election day, they just, you know, everyone marches to the, uh, to the, to the uh, poll and pulls the Democratic ballot, down ballot. And that's how they've become DAs. And now uh, it was predictable once they started their reform uh, which means letting violent people back out on the street. Uh, and not prosecuting a right, whole lot of stuff. Right, right. And, and uh, you know, But they're not doing anyone any favors. They're not helping. The, the place, if a, a moral society that was truly worried about the life of the uh, inner city kids uh, would not allow them, to get away as juveniles with crime after crime after crime with a slap on the wrist. The only time you can... They call that compassion. It's the exact opposite. They're manufacturing career criminals. Because once they see the system isn't going to deal effectively with them, they're off and running. They learn. Right. They learn. And the recidivism rate goes off the charts. The only time you can intervene effectively and stop these, save these, these young lives and preve- prevent them from getting on the conveyor belt of being career criminals is by taking things seriously at the earliest stage. I'm not saying you throw them in prison, throw away the key, but they have to learn their consequences to what they do and and these guys by giving them slap in, uh, on the wrist are just manufacturing more and more career criminals 30 seconds will we get more of this gascon in la well, or- I, I pray to god we will i think we will i think this will snowball i i hope they get rid of gascon and and and, and you know the one in chicago and philadelphia he's and, bad in philly yeah
0: Is blaming the nra krasner yeah for mass shootings in the city it's right. been run by Democrats it's not an NRA member in sight in Philadelphia right. he's the chief law enforcement officer talking about NRA lobbyists right so uh, it's absurd and I, it's so absurd in fact that the people of San Francisco had enough and that's an achievement to that- be too progressive <laughs> for San Francisco <laughs> Bill Barr, always great to see you. Great to see you. Thank you. We will step aside and be right back. It's the Guy Benson Show. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts.